Welcome back to the MedBullet Step 1 podcast. In this episode, we'll go over the topic of umbilical cord and remnants from the embryology section on MedBullets.com. Let's get into the episode. Let's start with the normal anatomy of the umbilical cord. The umbilical cord consists of umbilical arteries, umbilical vein, and the uracus. With regards to the umbilical arteries, there are two arteries, the right and the left umbilical arteries, which branch from the internal iliac arteries and return deoxygenated blood from the fetus. Note that a single umbilical artery is associated with an increased likelihood of congenital abnormalities. The umbilical vein is a single vein that returns oxygenated blood from the placenta to the fetus. You should also keep in mind that the umbilical arteries and vein are derived from the allantois, which is a sac-like structure that forms from the yolk sac. Now let's review the umbilical cord-related abnormalities that can potentially occur. The first set of abnormalities are the uracal duct-related defects. Remember, the uracal duct is a duct extending from the yolk sac to the apex of the bladder. The yolk sac forms the allantois, which becomes the uracus. During development, the lumen of the uracus closes, and the adult remnant of this structure is called the median umbilical ligament. If the uracus fails to close, either a patent uracus or a vesical uracal diverticulum can form. A patent uracus causes urine to leak from the umbilicus. And in a vesical uracal diverticulum, the bladder protrudes from the umbilicus. The other set of umbilical cord abnormalities are defects related to the vitellin duct, also known as the omphalomesenteric duct. Remember that the vitellin duct connects the yolk sac to the midgut and closes during week 7. If the vitellin duct lumen fails to close, either a vitellin fistula or a Meckel's diverticulum will arise. In a vitellin fistula, you'll get meconium discharge from the umbilicus, and in a Meckel's diverticulum, you'll have a failure of the lumen to close on the side opening to the ileum. Note that in this defect, you can have ectopic gastric mucosa leading to melina and right lower quadrant pain. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over a few questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. First question. A mother brings her one-week-old son to the pediatrician because she is concerned about the child's umbilicus. She notes that there appears to be fluid draining from the child's umbilicus several times a day. The child has been breastfeeding normally, and on exam, a small amount of clear, light, yellow fluid drains from the child's umbilical stump when pressure is applied to the child's lower abdomen. No bilious or feculent drainage is noted. Which of the following embryologic structures is associated with this patient's condition? One omphalomesenteric duct, two, umbilical vein, three, paramesonephric duct, four, uracus, or five, ductus venosus. And the correct answer is answer choice four, uracus. The most likely diagnosis in this child is a patent uracus. This condition presents with urine discharge from the umbilicus following birth. In this newborn, the presence of urine discharge from the umbilicus is highly specific for a uracal duct abnormality. The uracus is an embryonic structure that arises from the allantois, a protrusion of the yolk sac through the umbilicus that develops during the third week of gestation. The uracus functions to connect the fetal bladder to the yolk sac, and it normally obliterates during the twelfth week of gestation and becomes the median umbilical ligament. If the uracus fails to obliterate, a persistent communication will exist between the bladder and the umbilicus, resulting in urine discharge from the umbilical stump at birth. 
Let's now review the incorrect answer choices. Answer choice 1, the omphalomesenteric duct, or the vitellin duct, is a fetal structure that connects the midgut lumen to the yolk sac in the developing embryo. If the omphalomesenteric duct fails to obliterate during the seventh week of embryologic development, a Meckel's diverticulum may develop. Answer choice 2, the umbilical vein, functions to transport oxygenated blood from the placenta to the fetal circulation. It obliterates soon after birth and is replaced by the round ligament of the liver. Answer choice number three, the paramesonephric duct, or the malarian duct, eventually develops into the female internal reproductive organs, including the uterus, fallopian tubes, and the inner vagina. And finally, answer choice number five, the ductus venosus is a fetal structure that joins the left portal vein to the left hepatic vein. The ligamentum venosum is the fibrous remnant of the ductus venosus. It courses along the posterior aspect of the liver. In summary, the urachus is a channel between the fetal bladder and the umbilicus that allows urine to drain during the first trimester of pregnancy. If the urachus fails to obliterate, a patent urachus will lead to urine discharge from the umbilicus at birth. Next question. A child is in the nursery one day after birth. A nurse notices a urine-like discharge being expressed through the umbilical stump. What two structures in the embryo are connected by the structure that failed to obliterate during the embryologic development of this child? 1. Pulmonary artery and the aorta. 2. Bladder and the yolk sac. 3. Bladder and the small bowel. 4. Liver and the umbilical vein. Or 5. Kidney and the large bowel. And the correct answer choice is answer choice number two, bladder and the yolk sac. Leaking of urine from the umbilical stump represents a failure of obliteration of the urachus. The urachus is the embryological remnant of the allantois that originally connected the bladder to the yolk sac. Remember, failure of urachal obliteration results in an abnormal connection between the bladder and the outside. In severe cases, the bladder can extrude through the umbilicus, which is called a urachal diverticulum, and must be corrected surgically. During normal development, the allantois provides a connection between the bladder and the yolk sac. It then gives rise to the umbilical artery and vein. During normal development, the urachus is obliterated and gives rise to the median umbilical ligament, which connects the bladder to the anterior abdominal wall. Let's review two citations that are related to this topic. Nadich et al. review their experience with the management of urachal remnants. They found that there is a subset of patients in whom spontaneous resolution can be expected. If surgery is required, complications including persistent urachus, umbilical hernia, bladder leakage, and wound infection are not uncommon. The second citation is by Lipscar et al., and they review their experience with the non-operative management of urachal remnants. They found that in many cases, drainage of a urachal cyst will precipitate obliteration of the cyst over time. They found that this process would occur even in cysts that showed signs of infection. Let's now review the incorrect answer choices. Answer choice 1, pulmonary artery and aorta. This is referring to a patent ductus arteriosus, and a patent ductus arteriosus would not present in this fashion. Answer choice 3, the bladder and the small bowel. There is never an anatomical connection between these two structures. Answer choice 4, the liver and the umbilical vein. The remnant of this structure is the ligamentum teres. And finally, answer choice number 5, kidney and the large bowel. Again, there is never an anatomical connection between these two structures. 
And the last question, a 26-year-old G1P0 mother is in the delivery room in labor. Her unborn fetus is known to have a patent urachus. Which of the following abnormalities would you expect to observe in this infant? 1. Myelomeningocele 2. Gastroscosis 3. Omphalocele 4. Meconium discharge from the umbilicus or 5. Urine discharge from the umbilicus. And the correct answer choice is answer choice number 5. Urine discharge from the umbilicus. The urachus is an embryonic structure connecting the bladder to the yolk sac, and if it remains patent, a communication exists between the bladder and the umbilicus, resulting in discharge of urine from the umbilicus. Remember, the urachus arises from the allantois, a protrusion of the yolk sac that develops during the third week of gestation and normally obliterates shortly before birth. A urachus may persist as a patent communication as in this patient, or it may present in three other ways. A vesicourachal diverticulum, which is an outpouching of the bladder, a urachal sinus, which is a persistent space surrounding the umbilicus that is predisposed to infection, or a urachal cyst, which is usually asymptomatic. Let's now review the incorrect answer choices. Answer choice 1, myelomeningocele, is when the meninges and the spinal cord herniate through a defect in the spinal canal. Answer choice 2, gastroscosis, is a congenital defect in which abdominal contents protrude through the abdominal wall not covered by peritoneum. Answer choice 3, omphalocele, is a congenital defect in which abdominal contents protrude through the abdominal wall but is covered by peritoneum. And finally, answer choice number four, meconium discharge from the umbilicus occurs with a persistent vitellin duct, also known as an omphalomesenteric duct. That's all for this review about umbilical cord and remnants. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the MedBullet Step 1 podcast, a daily audio review session by MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on MedBullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the MedBullets website or mobile app while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from these MedBullets Step 1 podcasts so far, please consider leaving us a 5-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Also, if you aren't already, be sure to follow MedBullets on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for daily high-yield content. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow right here on the MedBullet Step 1 podcast.